Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Rink Rat Report podcast. Today is Thursday, October 10th. The Leafs do play the Tampa Bay Lightning tonight, and we're going to look at some Leafs we can review, a look at the week ahead, and I'm going to do some rankings of how I've liked each of the lines and deep pairings uh, from this past week. First off, let's just get into this Columbus game. Uh, a game where, I mean, Mitch Marner burst onto the scene with two goals. I thought Frederick Anderson in this game was terrific. I mean, the goal he gave up was... Yoinks. It was pretty brutal. Tried to play the puck, couldn't, and got buried on him. But he more than made up for it this game. There were a couple chances. I mean, breakaways, a lot of breakaways, uh, that he came up huge on. And he was... A big reason why they won this game. Um, another person that I want to say didn't really show up too too much on the stat sheet in this Columbus game, but had a couple great plays that led to goals was Andreas Janssen. If you noticed, on two of those goals, he provided a screen on Jonas Corposalo that did not allow him to see the puck at all and was a major reason for why it went, ended up in the back of the net. I mean, one of Marner's goals, as well as, I think it was Marner's first goal, as well as Cody Cece's goal. I mean, on Cece's goal, Corpus Allo did not see the puck at all. And why? It's because Janssen was standing right in front of him. Great positioning, led to those two goals, as well as he had a couple great chances as well. Uh, one notably where he was streaking down, uh, it would be the left-hand side and ripped it blocker, but Corpus Allo did make a nice save. And, I mean, one thing I did notice from this game, Corpus Allo played much better than I expected from him that we've seen in years past. Is he going to put up good numbers this year? Probably not. That's a weaker Columbus Blue Jackets team that really does lack offense. But he looked a lot better, and he looked like a legitimate NHL goalie to me in this game. But a lot to like from the Leafs in this game overall. I mean, Matthews was buzzing per usual in this one uh, Cody CC as I mentioned I am a Cody CC stand and you know what he put in his first goal as a leafer on that one Mo Riley three assists Mitch Marner three points and the list goes on and on and on of things to like from the Toronto Maple Leafs this night so I mean what more can you say the the buds came out and they were buzzing uh, let's move into the Montreal game where it was half a game of the Buds buzzing. I don't even, it wasn't even half a game. I think it was more. More than half a game. This team was awesome. Lights out. Fast. A ton of speed in this one. But just a choke job against the Montreal Canadiens on your home ice. I mean, it's... That was the third game of the year, so you don't want to look too too much into it. But I mean, you're supposed to be the team with the speed, and you're getting outskated in that in the end of that third period. From the beginning of the third period, after that William Nylander goal, it was not great. It was not a great display. And I mean, kudos to them; they came back. Uh, they were able to put it together and uh, score to tie it up. Austin Matthews with that nice little rip there in front of the net—that was gorgeous. He was just so good all week. I mean, we'll get into that later, though. But to give up a 4-1 lead to a rival on home ice Saturday night, this is your night in in Canada, the Leafs' own Saturday night. And to give up that lead to the Canadians? I don't know, man. It just... 
takes the life out of me just thinking of it. But Michael Hutchinson, I mean, he was put in a tough spot. I don't think he played that bad in this one. Those were those goals for the most part were not his fault at all. Unfortunately, he couldn't come up with a huge save here to save the game. But I mean, this is your backup. And he's playing on the latter half of a back-to-back. How much do you want from him? He's not Jesus. He's not going to steal the game for you. So, I don't put any of the blame on in, in this game on this one. Um, I mean, Kasperi KK24 has just been a huge whipping boy lately. I mean, you're moved up to the top line. 18.43 in ice time this game. And you pull that bonehead move. You don't put up any points. His stat line is so ugly right now. And I know you don't look at plus. Nobody looks at plus minus. But just the four games played with 0-0 and the dash four at the end. You don't look at it. But it catches your eye every once in a while. You know. Just just ugly with that, that throwing the stick at the puck. I mean how do you not know that's a rule? That's pretty common sense. I don't care if you, like, what, it didn't hurt when he snapped your stick. That that one just, to me, just almost irked me. Um, but I don't want to pile on him too much. I mean, the rest of Toronto's already doing that on, on him. So, we're going to leave that one alone. But just the whole team just not showing up in that, in the third period, the way that you should, was ultimately disappointing. Um. In that shootout, I don't blame the guys who went that much on that one. Um, I think Carey Price also did a very good job of staying positional. And that's one thing. In the penalty shootout, if Carey Price were to bite on one false move there, and he's just he would just totally put himself out of position. It's an easy goal. It looks amazing on any one of Matthews, Marner, Tavares. Um, for that move but if he stayed positional he didn't bite on any of them and it just made the shooter look stupid like what else are they supposed to do he didn't bite on any of their tricks and I mean Carey Price in this game was a large part of why the Montreal Canadiens ended up winning I mean I have I mean, if you just look at the stat line and 865 save percentage, you'd go, wow, Carey Price got lit up tonight. Yes, he got lit up for five goals, but it could have been nine. It really, really could have been nine. He played pretty damn well, and he made some pretty damn good saves. On the Canadian side, I mean, the big boy showed up, Shea Weber. Um, Victor Mete actually surprised me. And I criticized him as being a top-pairing defenseman at the beginning of the year. And, I mean, I don't think he is a top-pairing yet. But he handled the puck very well. He skates very well. And he was making a lot of smart plays, which to me was a very big indicator that this guy is going to take a big step this year. So, maybe not put up a ton of points, but I think he he is going to earn a lot of minutes. And I mean, beside Weber, that's a that's a pretty damn good spot to be in. Not too too much else to say on that one. I mean, Max Domi, just it's such an insult that he's owning the Leafs like that. That he owned the Leafs like that. Goal and assist, 
pretty nice chirp, actually, too. I'll give him that one on Kasperi Kapanen. If you haven't seen it, look it up. It was pretty funny. So, moving on from that one to, I mean, zero points. It's our first regular season loss of the year. It stings. It brings in a lot of commotion. Your knee-jerk reaction is to cancel the team, blow it up, start the rebuild all over again, cancel the parade. But, I mean, just look at I mean, it's what? The fourth game of the year, the third game of the week, third game in four nights, relax. So my thoughts on this one, I thought they played pretty well. Um, One thing I did highlight again and again and again and again is that the Leafs were up 2-1 after that William, the terrific back-to-back goals from Gauthier and Nylander. That fourth line goal was spectacular and the Nylander line follows it up with an even better goal there. They're up 2-1 on home ice against the Blues. Carl Gunnarsson, former Leaf, takes a penalty, a high-sticking penalty at 16-22. They're up 2-1 on home ice with a power play and they couldn't close it out. I don't even think they got that great of a chance on that one. I'd have to I don't even think they got that area of a chance on on that power play either. It's disappointing. You had the game in your hand and you let it slip and that's what cost them. I mean, not taking advantage of that opportunity pretty well cost them this game. And I mean, other silly errors. Frederick Anderson didn't have his sharpest game. That goal on Os- by Oscar Sundqvist was obviously... Bit of a weaker one, a slap shot from not the greatest area. Maybe you could say maybe Barry's stick got in the way of. I mean, it does affect you when the goaltender, when the stick just gets thrown in front of the puck like that. It didn't deflect it, but it is kind of a visual distraction. I, but I mean, you, you got to stop those ones when fourth liners are taking slap shots from God knows where. Those need to be stopped, kind of thing. Uh, the Petrangelo goal I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, And I wanted to break it down this way. David Perron has the puck. He's in the corner pretty much. Anderson's in his hybrid position against the post. Anderson's playing it. He's thinking more so it's the puck's going to the middle of the ice or Perron's going to try to take off my head again. More so. He's not really concerned and he could barely see Petrangelo on the other side of the ice. But Petrangelo makes a very, very smart play to move down because his wing was entirely open and I mean the whipping boy of the week that's a I mean it's a tough defensive read when this guy's almost out way out of the play and he slides down like that and gets himself into position to make for a pass and then David Perron sending him that pass and having the vision to send him that pass the ability to send him that pass and then just allowing Alex Petrangelo to finish. But going back to what I was saying about Frederick Anderson was he didn't slide properly and he looked like a fish out of water on that one because you're not anticipating Alex Petrangelo to come down like that and you're not anticipating him to be that wide open. So that's why he didn't. He should have been going pretty much post to post um, because he wasn't expecting it. He didn't get a very good push and he left himself way, way out of position on that one. So that's what happened. I I feel, I feel on that one. Um, is it a weak goal? I mean, I'd say it's stoppable, but it was a very good play by the blues on that one. 
So, anyways, not the greatest game from Anderson. Uh, one encouraging thing we did see from this game was Rasmus Sandin, and I really do want to point out in this game, he's not a very big guy, but the way that he uses his body to position himself to get the puck, to keep the puck, to hold on to the puck, um, is fantastic. There was one play, I mean, he's like, what, six foot, well under 200 pounds. There was one play he was able to like almost use his hip and his ass to shield the opponent from the puck and able to for him to gain possession of it. There was a couple times in the corner specifically, big boy territory, where this guy's holding on to the puck and he's not turning it over and he's making some bold plays there. So he really did deserve he, his career high in ice time, 15-20. Not that much ice time, but he did play pretty well and that was encouraging i mean hopefully he can keep that up um justin hole um he was given that penalty on that one i this game i was clearly curve uh makayev who i'll talk about later um but justin hole also had a pretty good chance on that one but i didn't quite love his play this night i mean and just this week even against columbus i really think that justin hole dug himself a hole (laughs) what a horrible joke that was my god but hopefully he can rebound i think he'll get a couple more chances to do so but he didn't show up in the fashion that i think justin hole even would have liked to so anyways other notables in this game um the tavares marner didn't make the most amount of noise when needed i thought nylander actually played pretty well pretty damn well in this game as well uh he had that goal obviously and was just ha- the way he handles the puck nylander is back boys boys and girls nylander is back the william nylander of old i mean i think he was back leaving last season there were a couple games here and there where he didn't look that great but the the pucks just weren't dry dro- uh, weren't dropping is the word i was looking for i know rocket scientist of a word but the goals just weren't dropping, which is why his stat line was as ugly as it was. I mean, $7 million for 0.5 points per game, seven goals last year. It's not great. It's not a great look, but he is looking like he's going to hit 80 this year as a lot of people predicted him to do so. So shout out to him. What a game by him there, by Nylander there. So anywho, moving on from that uh we're gonna get into line rankings for the week or looking ahead at uh looking ahead at this week now uh next game against tampa bay and one thing i did want to bring up uh the Leafs aren't the biggest team they don't hit a lot it's no secret at all but i feel like they've struggled a lot in the neutral zone um They've given up a lot of chances off the rush. You saw it in Columbus, and you saw it a lot in Montreal as well. And notably, the CeCe Riley pairing are doing a terrible job of stopping cross-ice passes in the offensive zone off the rush. I don't know what it is, but they've just done a horrible job. There was a bunch of... I mean, the first goal... CC was covering in the middle, went right through. Even on the Brady Kachuk goal, I don't know what you're doing trying to cover. Even going back to last week, but the Brady Kachuk goal and several other ones as well. Just 
not a great job there. So that's going to be one thing I'm going to be looking for is how will the Leafs handle the speed of the Tampa Bay Lightning in that neutral zone. Another thing is going to be on the penalty kill. The penalty kill, they didn't give up the most amount of chances off the cycle, but I mean, they did allow the team, the other teams to play with the puck. They didn't put the most amount of pressure. Uh, they didn't push the other teams to the outside on the penalty kill. They let them play with it, and you know what? In the end of the day, it works. And the one place where the Leafs are going to burn you on the penalty kill is that they've got a lot of speed, and they do put a bit of talent on that penalty kill, and they can burn you going the other way if you've mishandled the puck. But the Tampa Bay Lightning move the puck so well and can one-time it with Stamkos, Kucherov. I mean, Hedman's got a hell of a shot as well. Just that's where there's going to be a bit of concern on the penalty kill. If you get into penalty trouble and you allow them to zip the puck around and you're not, you know, putting pressure on them, I feel like they're going to capitalize pretty damn easily. Uh, last thing about Tampa, I mean, Vasilevsky, something last year against the Leafs. Holy crow. This guy was on another planet. If Vasilevsky has another game like that, nobody in the NHL is going to score on him. I mean, I don't foresee him having another 50-save, stupid, stand-on-his-head night. But you got to watch out for that guy. He's an uber-talented goaltender that could easily steal a game. So, Tampa Bay, not off to the best start, but and that's also one other thing you do want to watch out for. You don't want to poke a sleeping bear. So, I mean... Hockey cliches, throw some hockey cliches in there early and often. Get the pucks in deep. Don't make uh, make the simple play. How about, how's that for a summary? Uh, next up, Detroit Red Wings. I mean, this Detroit Red Wings team is not ready yet to succeed fully, I don't believe. Firm believer in that. Uh, I mean, but we did see that they do have some weapons on this team. Notably, Anthony Mantha. He said, what was it, five points? Four goals the other night? Are you kidding me? The guy possesses a ton of skill. He just I feel like he just needed to fit everything together. And is it coming together this season? Who knows? I think he's got the talent to hit 40, but there's a lot of pieces that just have to be sewn together for him to notably playing both ends learning how to play both ends of the ice, staying healthy is one big thing. I think he got a, a little bit injured last year, but gotta watch out for that top line. Him, Dylan Larkin. Tyler Bertuzzi is going to get under the skin of a lot of people as well there. But Detroit, really, honestly, I'm going to say it upright, not the most concerned with them. I think the Leafs just have a better roster on paper, and it shouldn't be a wildly difficult game for them. That's not to say that Detroit's not going to give them a run for their money. They easily can. This is the NHL. Anyone can beat anyone on any given night. But Detroit, I feel... If I feel like that's going to be a nice, a nice Saturday night redemption game, we'll call it. And then Minnesota. If I were to just say the word, I mean Minnesota's just in such a influx. They're not. I don't know. They're they're not a very exciting team right now. I mean, they have the talent to what finish tenth, eleventh, and they don't have that great of a prospect pool to wow you as well for the future. So. Shout out Minnesota, just in limbo. That's the word I was looking for. Another scientist level word there. Uh, 0-2 start, haven't gotten the great, the most amount of offense there. Um, 
but the team does have talent uh, up and down the roster. Devin Dubnik can give you a couple good games here and there. He, I don't think he's the greatest goalie around, but I do think he is pretty good. A um, little bit of grit inside this lineup here in Jordan Greenway as well as Ryan Hartman, but not the most amount of grit. Just a, just an okay roster. And I think they did beat the Leafs last year as well, so you do have to... I mean, as I said, anyone can beat anyone, but Detroit, Minnesota, I'm feeling good about. I'm feeling good. I think the Leafs have a lot more talent, and these are going to be two games that if they need to make adjustments, these are going to be the two games to make them kind of thing. If they're going to they're going to change up the lines those are going to be the two games where i think that's going to happen i wouldn't touch anything against tampa bay that's too dangerous of a team that's too good of a team just straight up i mean they're a sick joke holy 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 but anywho we'll move on from that uh ranking the forwards this week each line i think without a, without a doubt the Janssen, nylander matthews line i think i've seen games i've seen stuff that I've liked from each of those players a lot throughout this week and to me it was just no doubt I mean Matthews what with uh, Matthews with a couple goals this week that were very very nice bunch of chances he's shooting the puck he's one time in the puck you gotta love it Nylander just the way he skates carries the puck everything Janssen doing everything else right he's the hymen of two years ago for them but he's got a lot more skill not putting up the mo- the best numbers right now, but I feel like that'll come. That'll come later. Um, next up, this is based off of expectation. I'm not saying, oh, the, this line delivered and had a bigger impact in the game than the other ones. This was just against expectation. I put them here, and that's the Mikhaev Kerfoot uh, Moore line. I think that they've been ultra effective. I mean, Trevor Moore has really made people question why not him on the first line why why Kapanen but I I put him there if that means more minutes for a guy that's playing very well who like I, I wouldn't mind splitting up the third line to give him more minutes maybe who knows maybe Kapanen ends up having chemistry with those other guys so I wouldn't mind him on the first line there but this line has been terrific just the perfect um, the perfect mix of grease and just getting it done it's like mcdonald's at 2 a.m it's greasy and it gets it done you gotta like it one thing makayev i said he wasn't even gonna make the team this guy has shoved this right up my hoop and then pulled it out and then put it back again because i've liked a lot of stuff that he's done he doesn't have the greatest amount of finish because as i said he's very clunky in his skill but he can skate he's got the big body and he uses his stick very effectively as i pointed out on twitter he does create a lot of turnovers because of his using his speed and his size as well to his advantage i mean if you're big and you can skate you don't have to throw them right through the boards i mean just take the puck off of them and that's what he's done a fantastic job of doing and there's a reason that he earned himself some penalty kill minutes there so just a big surprise on that third line uh, i knew it wasn't going to be a pretty line but it's gotten the job done at at a lot of different points throughout this week and well even last week in that one game against Ottawa but anywho my third ranking I'd have to put a tie between the fourth line as well as the Marner uh, Captain Tavares Marner line the KTM line Um, 
just in terms of, I mean, the fourth line seemed pretty up and down. I mean, I really did like the combination of Spezza, Gauthier, uh, Patan there, and it, it delivered. They had a couple good, they had a chance, a very good chance against Columbus to score, as well as they had that sick, sick goal against the Blues. And I mean, when you get scoring from your fourth line, what an added bonus that is. They're not doing too terribly in their own end as well. So it was just a, a good surprise at times. I mean, against Montreal, not the greatest. I mean, it was okay. It's whatever, but it's just a, a decent surprise. I mean, and then I couldn't put them. I just couldn't put the fourth line over Tavares, Mark, Happen. And I know they haven't been the greatest, especially at five on five, but. I think both have just been kind of eh, nothing really, really to brag about, except some po- at some points here and there. I do want to notice mention one thing: Kapanen in that St. Louis game was better than I expected. He had a couple. He had one pretty damn good one timer, as well as one other good tip. He had some. He did some okay things here and there through the body a little bit as well. I'd give him one more game. Like, I wouldn't blow up that line quite yet. I'd give him one more game to see if maybe if he improves again, then give him another chance. But if it's just absolutely, if you're putting up a goose egg stat line and playing 18 minutes, I mean, how much longer can everyone hold on for is my thing, right? So I think they'll bust out of it uh, just in a little early season slump. Again, we're four games in. So I wouldn't be too, too worried about Marner's contract size or Tavares' contract size or the fact that Tavares is a complete robot. Um, but yeah, the fourth line made me smile at times. The Captain Tavares' Marner line did not, but I just do not feel comfortable putting the fourth line above that line. I mean, let's get real. They, they play, what, less than 10 minutes a game? So it's not hard to succeed against... Uh, bunch of guys on the other team that are just grit grinders that are borderline NHL players so anywho moving on to the defense my favorite pairing they haven't put up the most amount of points out of the defenseman on this team but Barry Muzzin has by far been my favorite pairing Uh, I just think on both ends of the ice they've been solid I haven't given up the most amount of scoring chances as well I mean Barry was minus two but I mean one of them was that Oscar Sundkist slap shot and I'm talking about last game so Barry has been I thought it would be a slow adjustment getting into the Leafs, but Tyson Berry has been awesome. Just the amount of shots that this guy generates is incredible. And it's been four games he's generated 12 shots. I think six came in the first in the first game. So then even six, six shots in three games after that as a defenseman. No goals yet, but... The goals are going to come. This guy's generating so many shots, four assists. Every night, there's just some little thing that he does that you, I ju- that you just want to put on the mantle almost. Didn't lead to a goal, didn't lead to anything, actually. He just broke David Perron's ankles in front of the net. You just got to love it. What was another one he did? He did the nice little dangle. I, I posted that on the Instagram. You can check that out last week. I think that was against Ottawa, though. But anywho... And then Muzzin's been that steady presence. Second pairing, I mean, decent amount of offense generated from them, but defensively, Riley Cece has been terrible. I mean, 
just looking at that first goal against Montreal, I mean, Riley doing what was like a victory lap and then CeCe not being able to block the pass, even though he was just in a position to just block the pass, was terrible. But again, they have generated a decent amount of points. I mean, CeCe, I mean, overall in the season, Riley has five points. I mean, he had three against the Canadians. One against the Canadians, three against the Blues. I mean, the black, uh, the Blue Jackets. The get it together, kid. Holy, but just I haven't been a huge fan of them on the defensive side, and they need to find a little bit more chemistry when it comes to when it comes to that. I mean, the offense is there, just the neutral zone and the defensive zone have got to be tightened up. And then, lastly, the third pairing. I did gush a little bit over Rasmus Sandin. He is a third pairing def- defenseman. You are correct there, but it just hasn't been great in terms of his his partners and even him in a couple of those games as well. I mean, he, he came on in that last game, but just needed a little bit more from him uh, and and his, whoever his partner's going to be, whether that's Hola Marinson moving forward. Uh, and there's been a reason they've played, what, a couple minutes each game, nothing too, too much. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be back Wednesday.